Welcome to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan, and I've been a Lost fanatic from the beginning. And I'm Anton, experiencing the mysteries for the first time. Join us as we start from the very beginning and make our way to the very end. This is episode 51, where we're discussing the cost of living from season 3 of Lost. Are you ready, Echo? Yes. I am ready. I ask for no forgiveness, Father. For I have not sinned. I have only done what I needed to do to survive. A small boy once asked me if I was a bad man. If I could answer him now, I would tell him that when I was a young boy, I killed a man to save my brother's life. I am not sorry for this. I am proud of this. I did not ask for the life that I was given, but it was given nonetheless. And with it, I did my best. You speak to me as if I were your brother. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 51 of the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan. And I'm Anton. And we are discussing the cost of living, an echo-centric episode from season three of Lost. And the first thing I had, um, you know, it's a character bit. You know, we see Echo and Yimmy together as kids again. And uh, Echo is basically doing, you know, whatever he has to in order to provide for Yimmy. He's right. kind of taken it upon himself to look out for Yimmy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's even stealing food. And uh, he's forced to confess the sin, but, you know, insists that it was okay because Yimmy was hungry. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, obviously ends up being quite a theme in this show. Yeah, definitely. With Echo. Um, so, but we didn't really learn much new. I mean, it's just kind of giving us a little bit of background and why Echo is the way he is. And, and in many ways, I think we had a previous episode where Echo even made the comment to Yimmy that... You know, Yimmy was able to become a priest because Echo allowed him right. to do that by yeah. taking over and doing the things for Yimmy that he couldn't do for himself. Yeah, definitely. But uh, then back on the island, um, you know, Echo is still unconscious from the polar bear attack. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's awakened by Yimmy after having a couple of visions, you know, slash memories. 
um, including one of Yemi. And uh, he tells him, it's time to confess and be judged. I will be waiting. You know where to find me. Yeah, yeah. I knew, ex- I, I knew exactly what he's talking about whenever he said, you know where to find me. I mean, I knew. I was like, okay, yeah, he's going back there to uh-huh. the plane. So, yeah. Um, but definitely a freaky scene. Um, mm-hmm. Just, I don't know. Yimmy, Yimmy scares me like in, in this these flashbacks. I mean, he's, he's, it doesn't yeah. seem... I mean, the Yimmy we met before was so loving and so right. kind of even playful in a sense. Right. But this this Yimmy seems scary, yep. judgmental. Yeah, which is so interesting because <clears throat> it kind of indicates that this isn't something in Echo's head. Yeah. Because if it were in Echo's head, Yimmy would be the Yimmy we've exactly. seen in the past. Mm-hmm. This is a Yimmy of some other source. Yeah, definitely. You know? So, yeah, good point there. So, um, you know, in Jack's cell, you know, Ben shows up wearing this odd white shirt. Yeah. And, you know, white as I guess it's an entire white outfit and asks Jack to come on a walk with him. You know, he asks him first to put on the matching shirt and then Jack, you know, asks him if it hurts. And we find out that Jack believes that the x-rays from the previous episodes were his. Yeah. Um, but Ben denies that. Right. Um, they go to a funeral for Colleen and they play some old music, some like weird oldies yeah. over, over the intercom system. And Ben asked Juliet why she showed Jack his x-rays. Yeah. So we know they're his. Definitely. So yeah. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on that. Um, well, first off, I was wrong on my initial thoughts. I thought, I thought that it was possibly Locke's mm-hmm. um, x-rays, you know, why he was in a wheelchair and he had the tumor. Yeah, right. Um, but... Um, it was interesting because obviously I don't, I, I don't, I don't know if it's just a doctor thing, how he's able to figure, figure this out, but it just seemed like Jack had some type of like knowledge. Yeah. I mean, out of all the people, why do you pick Ben? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, I've wondered that too. Uh, but, uh, it was, I mean, Ben's never came to Jack and even hinted to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, I don't know, I don't have much of a thought other than the fact yeah. that it kind of freaked me out and was kind of a weird element of yeah. of Jack's character. I really would be interested to know if there is any honest way that a spinal surgeon could look at an x-ray and right. be able to try to surmise who it was, or if this is just like television convenience kind of thing. Yeah, that, I mean, because I, I mean, when Jack looked up at the x-ray, mm-hmm. the Juliet had said, that's not hers. Right. You know, like there wasn't a way of you know, distinguish between the two. Mm-hmm. But from that point, Jack put together that it was Ben's somehow. Yeah. He went from looking at it and not knowing whether it was a male or a female or right. if it was Colleen's or not to being able to determine that it's Ben's. Yeah. I mean, maybe he's putting other pieces together. Yeah. Maybe all of a sudden it makes sense to him why he's being treated so differently. Yeah. You know, cause he obviously, well, he didn't see Kate and Sawyer because he had a bag over his head. Right. But, he has to have some idea that they're treating him pretty well. Oh yeah, definitely. And, and the, yeah, I mean, she constantly brings him food uh-huh. and all this, but, um, I mean, like you said, I think, I don't know. I mean, to me, it seems like you would be able to tell male, female, yeah. even skeletal mm-hmm. apart or x-rays, you know, type thing. Right. You, you would be able to tell a difference. So if he did, if he, maybe at that point he looked at it and knew it was a guy. Mm-hmm. So he knew it couldn't be Juliet and it couldn't be, the woman that had died. So I guess Jack never said he thought it was Colleen's. He looked at him as they were walking by and Juliet says, they're not hers. Yeah. You know, maybe Jack's like, duh, obviously. Yeah. yeah, Those are a male about, you know, 40 years old. Right. (laughs) And yeah, you're probably right. I mean, you could probably, I bet someone could look at it and say, Uh Oh, this this is about this age. 
and male female and right. that, that really only classes it down to a certain yeah in a certain size but it, it is kind of it does seem like um of the, the others that we've seen um i can't think of anyone else who's about the same age as ben no it seems like most of them are maybe, younger. yeah exactly yeah. so yeah. maybe he's just able to figure out pretty easily that it's yeah. him but yeah. we'll have to see sure so on the beach you know desmond you know tells um i think it's Locke and let's see Locke and saeed yeah mm-hmm. he tells them that you know the hatch had other purposes and could be used to communicate with other hatches on the island right and they decide they're going to find another hatch, you know, with a computer so they can, c- can communicate with the others. And Charlie asks them, you know, what they're going to do about Echo. And Locke says, we'll catch up to him. We're all going to the same place. Mm-hmm. So obviously they're planning to go to the Pearl. Yeah. Because that's, I think that's one of the only other hatches they really know yeah, that definitely. has a computer in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where they're off to. So <clears throat> back to Echo here. Back in Africa, you know, we see Echo just after Yemi left on the plane. Right. You know, he arrives back at the church. Um, he's dressed up as the priest, and he picks up Yimmy's old Bible and finds a picture of the two of them. Um, just then, a woman shows up, and, you know, Echo begins, you know, his life posing as a priest, mm-hmm. basically. And he finds out that Yimmy was planning to go to, was it London? Yeah, London. Uh, yeah, yeah, at the end of the week to continue his studies. Uh-huh. And Echo decides to go ahead and take his place in that regard as well. So, yeah. which was interesting. It kind of answers a question we had talked about before about, you know, when Echo changed from being the criminal to truly trying to be a priest. And this kind of looks like that. Yeah, I didn't think of that way at all. Really? Yeah. No, um, I thought, I mean, at this point, one, I thought it was a way for him to leave Mm -hmm. and not go to London. But his group would think he was leaving to go to London and he was going to escape. Okay. You know, um, yeah, that, you know, like, oh, yeah, I'm going there, too. I'll be right. taking this place. But actually, mm-hmm. he's bailing on them all. Right. Um, and the reason why my voice is like 30 yeah, <laughs> octaves deeper is I'm sick. So Soup contrabass, yeah. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> went through, like, my third stage of puberty or anything like that. But, <laughs> yeah, so anyways, um, so that's what I took from it. I didn't, I mean, yeah. to me, I hadn't, I didn't see any kind of moral turnaround right. in this, mm-hmm. in this uh, episode at I all. didn't either. And honestly, I don't remember if echo truly actually went to london or what but this is the first time i ever remember seeing that question right addressed. yeah um was you know it did seem to me like i didn't think Echo was going to run i kind of oh, okay i guess at that moment i didn't think that yeah at well, this part in the episode it really seemed like you did have a big moral change later on not so much right right yeah. yeah 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 i mean i i guess even at the beginning i was just like nothing has i mean other than his brother dying mm-hmm nothing has really switched in his mind and i guess he right. didn't know his brother died at that point uh-huh. you know he just knew he was got he was shot gone. and gone right. so uh-huh. so back in the jungle you know some of echo's former victims kind of appear to him and they beg for their lives kind of to test echo i thought like whether he was going to attack them again or definitely. not definitely and uh then the altar boy from the church appears and says you know confess <coughs> and in another part of the jungle, Locke tells Desmond that Echo is, you know, heading to the Pearl Hatch just as they are. Mm-hmm. And also says, don't mistake coincidence for faith. Yeah, I got that. Um, which, of course, was, you know, seems odd. You know, it seems the old Locke is just about gone completely. Yeah. And he's repeating the same thing Echo told him when they were slicing the pieces of the, the orientation mm-hmm. video from the swan together. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is just, I think the last couple of episodes we've seen Locke 
kind of go back to the old lock in some ways. Definitely. But he's kind of abandoning the whole island, you know, giving me signs type attitude. Right. Like he's more of a, the good parts of Locke without the kind of weird follower. I agree. Parts. Yeah, definitely. So in the jungle, you know, various times Echo sees glimpses of the smoke monster. Yeah. And eventually he ends up, you know, crossing paths with Locke and his group. Mm-hmm. But did you have any thoughts about the whole smoke monster? Yeah, seeing the smoke monster several times. Um, it seemed like the smoke monster was following him. You know, it wasn't like it didn't seem like it was trying to confront him mm-hmm. it, at that point. In in these, you know, especially the, the one that you're talking about, it wasn't trying to confront him. It was watching him, right? Almost like in my mind, what he would do with the circumstances. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he, she, what it, whatever yeah. it is. Uh, <laughs> but it seemed like to me that it was monitoring him rather than um, chasing him. Yeah, you know, there's a, I think so too. there's a difference. I've seen it chase things before, mm-hmm. and it's a completely different, men, you know, mentality of this thing. But th- this was right. actually watching him. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think so too. Like, except for that one time, whenever he was getting a drink out of the the stream, uh-huh. and it kind of came up to where it was above him, and uh-huh. kind of hovered there for a minute, and then left really quickly. No, it's still, it's to me, still, it was looking over him. It wasn't really? like it wasn't. I mean, I didn't think at that point it was going to grab him or uh-huh. anything like that. It was kind of because it was he looked back it it took off. Right. You yeah, know, that's so. true. That's true. I, th- I kind of thought it took off more because Locke. Locke and them had showed up. I wondered that as well, yeah. Yeah. But. I don't know at all. But it definitely, obviously, later in the episode, the reaction was very different yeah. to the smoke monster. Yeah, we'll definitely. We'll get there in a minute. So in his cell, you know, Juliet brings Jack um, his meal on a silver platter for mm-hmm. real. Mm-hmm. Which is just, it's almost laughable now. I know. Every single episode, she's bringing him food. Yeah. Yeah, and it really does play into that whole idea of, of you know, they're trying to butter him up. Yeah, they're get him to do what they want him to yeah. do, kind of thing. Yeah, and they you know seem to be forming a friendship of some kind mm-hmm. also. Definitely, like either he's getting really comfortable with her, or there actually is a legitimate friendship going yeah. on there. Yeah, definitely. And they're even joking together and, and all this stuff. And yeah, finally Ben shows up. Uh huh. And let's listen to that scene. All right. I'd like to talk to him. Okay, so talk to him. Alone, please. I'm fine with her being here. And I'm thrilled that you're fine, Jack, but it's private. Doctor-patient confidentiality? Sure. Of course. Mind if I eat? We had such a wonderful plan to break you, Jack. Break me? Wear you down till you were convinced we weren't your enemies. Get you to trust us. And then, of course, we'd lead you to believe that you were choosing to do whatever we asked you to do. All of this, of course, assumed that you would get invested. Invested in what? Has it not occurred to you that Juliet bears a striking resemblance to your ex-wife? Why are you telling me this? I'm telling you this, Jack, because my wonderful plan got shot to sunshine when you saw my damned x-rays and figured out I was dying. 
all of this. You brought me here to operate on you. You, you want me to save your life. No, I want you to want to save my life. But we're beyond that now, so. All I can ask is that you think about it. God, Jack. Do you? Two days after I found out I had a fatal tumor on my spine, a spinal surgeon fell out of the sky. And if that's not proof of God, I don't know what is. So a couple of things here, you know, he says we had such a wonderful plan to break you, yeah, which, yeah. which is a bad way to start off on the good side of any more, no I would think. Um, you know, we were going to wear you down to convince you, you we weren't your enemies. Mm-hmm. And then he says, um, we're planning to try, or, oh, they were planning to try and get Jack interested in Juliet. Yeah. Um, believing she looked very much like his ex-wife. Yeah, yeah. Which I remember people talking about that when the episode came out, but I never really thought she looked that similar. I mean, I mean she was blonde, blonde and that was and about it. Blonde and fair-skinned. That's yeah. about all the comparison I got. I mean, you know, I guess I see why they would try to make the comparison, but I just mm-hmm. it's, I don't I don't get it's it. It's a little much. bit of a stretch, yeah. 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 <laughs> Surely they could do better than that. Yeah. But I mean, just the whole idea of like I'm interested to know what that plan looked like. Like why they were trying to make him form a relationship with her and make him feel like she was, you know, looked a lot like his wife. Was it just so they could convince him to do what they wanted and kind of weaken him down a little bit? Um, you know, I as I thought about you know, that particular scene was, I mean, I couldn't, I mean, I did, couldn't tell if like maybe if he they got him to that point they wanted him to stay mm-hmm. with them. Right, you know, maybe you didn't have a relationship with Juliet, and this yeah. whole end up like joining the others. Yeah, like you know? making part of the staff. Right. Or something. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's like they need that person uh-huh. on their island with their group, and they're right. noticing that. Mm-hmm. Um, or if it was just a plan to get what they wanted, and then who knows what they would have done. Right. Like they didn't you know? really care what the end result was. They just wanted to convince right. him to do the surgery, and that was it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So then, obviously, you know, Ben is dying. We find that out. Yeah. For for good. Um, dying, which is really dying interesting. for good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's yeah. He is well, we he's fo- dying we, forever. We definitively find out. Okay, it was, he's exactly. dying forever. Yeah, this time. <laughs> so. But which is interesting to think about, considering all the stuff that happened in the hatch and when he was being held by, you know, in the swan and all this stuff. It's interesting to know how long this has been going on and how long he knew exactly. Oh yeah, definitely. That's I mean, to me it points to the fact that he would. It, that was part of the plan. Mm-hmm. It's like trying to yeah i mean to me it makes me think that ben was captured for a reason you know mm-hmm. like trying to get find out jack about jack right you know and mm-hmm. maybe even try to get close to jack as a one of them right you know so maybe he'd say i'm sick and i got this spinal thing too mm-hmm. late if he would have convinced himself to them that he was henry maybe he could have even did it as henry but one way or the yeah, other. Yeah, right. Like, you know? he, he thought he might have a better chance posing right. as somebody else. Rather than bringing him right. there. And right. who's to say that wasn't the entire reason he was going that direction right. in the first place? Exactly. Yeah, good point. So, he poses as Henry, hoping 
he can run into him and say, "Hi, I'm Henry. By the way, I'm dying. Yeah. I've got this. You know, I know you're a spinal surgeon, and I've got this something. Yeah. Back. yeah, yeah. Like, are my back's really been hurting? And yeah. before I, you <laughs> could know, you, could you check it out? You know, <laughs> oh, I got a tumor. Could you take no it out? Way. And, and he yeah. disappears into the you know jungle. Yeah, that could that that's a good idea. Actually, yeah. that's a good theory. And he says, "I I want you to want to save my life." Yeah, yeah. And it's it's like kind of like Jack says, you know you want me to save your life. Yeah. And it's like, he's almost as interested in giving Jack the attitude of wanting to save his life yeah. as he is to actually have his life saved in yeah. the first place. It definitely got that. It's kind of like, he can't get over this, this whole being another. Yeah. Like he's so interested in fixing Jack that he, he can't separate the two right. issues. Exactly. Out. Um, going back to what we were just talking about with the plan mm-hmm. and almost to me also, it could be that, I mean, uh, been such a, I don't know. He's got such a way with words and trying mm-hmm. to convince people, you know, get people to think certain things. That there was wasn't a plan. This is the plan. You yeah. know, like the plan was to tell him there was a plan. Yeah. You know, just to make him think. You know. Oh yeah, that's interesting. I wonder if this whole plan to break Jack started before they found him in that net. Right. Yeah. Like he was going over there to put that plan in place. Exactly. But it didn't work out. How this whole thing, and that's what I'm thinking. Like this, maybe this whole thing was part of the process. Right. Getting out to this point, and then even going back and saying, "Hey, we had a plan, but it's obviously not going to work. Right. You figured it out, yeah. Jack. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you know, he says, two days after I found out I had a tumor on my spine, a spine, spinal surgeon fell out of the sky. If that's yeah. not proof of God, I don't know what is. Yeah. So. This is intriguing to me. Uh-huh. Like, we've had some weird things happen to Locke and Rose and yeah. all this stuff. And now, you know, we find out this guy, you know, just happened to have a tumor, just happened to have a spinal surgeon fall out of a plane. Yep. I'm just <coughs> totally, me. totally interesting. <coughs> yeah, excuse me. Yeah, no, I mean, that's when I was, when I heard that, I was like, I mean, first off, just the, the language that, that Ben used, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, you believe in God, Jack, and then, you know... And the way they're com, well, I call it a commune is set up, and then they're mm-hmm. white linens for the burial process. Yeah. It almost seems like a very religious type mm-hmm. group, you know. Um, and and I don't know. It just is. Uh, it was interesting. I mean, what are the uh, the odds of some spinal surgeon falling out of the sky with you know? Mm-hmm. The, well, he said the day after he found two out? days. Two after, days after. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean. I mean, Which I, it's kind of cool how that fills in some gaps. You yeah. Know, at the very beginning of this season, we see the book with the book club meeting. Yep. And they make a comment about Ben usually being involved, uh-huh. but he wasn't this time. Yeah. Because two days ago, he found out he had a tumor on his back. Right. And he's probably a little depressed. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So it's it's just really cool to to see this story coming together. Yeah, I want to know more about like Ben and um, uh, what Juliet's Juliet, uh, their connection. Right. Because it seems like they're almost like that married ex-couple that mm-hmm. don't like each other anymore or yeah. just, I don't know. They tolerate each other's presence yeah. a little bit. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely some the, the <laughs> negative, you mm-hmm. know, feelings between each of them. Right. You know, even down to the book club. You know, yeah. it's like it's minimal yeah. and the maximal. There's issues yeah. both sides. You mm-hmm. know? So. So at the Pearl Station, you know, this max, I said maximal. Max, max, minimum and the max. I thought you maximum. said maximum. I hope maybe I said max. I was like, if I said maximal, I'd take that back real, real quick. <laughs> Let's hope you said maximum. I, yeah. I, you know what? I'm sick. I'm using that yeah. as an excuse. So. Yeah, I think you said maximum. Okay, We're good. Okay. All right. So, you know, at the Pearl Station, Locke tells Echo that, you know, when he saw the smoke monster, he saw a very bright light. 
um, and it was beautiful. And Echo says, that is not what I saw. Yeah. So let's talk about that for a minute. Mm -hmm. So clearly they both got a good look at the smoke monster, but they saw two totally different things. Mm -hmm. We Locke tells us what he saw, so we assume that's the truth. Yeah. And we saw what Echo saw. Right. You know, the kind of like little bits and pieces of different parts of his past. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really interesting to me that they saw two different things, especially Mm -hmm. in light of what happens at the end of the episode. Yeah. Well, um, I guess uh, two things. One, with Echo, I guess I referenced to what he saw that we didn't see. Mm -hmm. Because they, they were talking about like right as it happened, what they saw. Right. You know? And Echo says, I didn't see that. I saw this other thing. Right. It made me think... The second thing made me think like heaven, hell type thing. Yeah. You know, they saw the light. He saw the dark. Yeah. You know. So they they basically physically saw the same thing, but their interpretation was totally different? Um, no, I think they, I don't think they saw two different things. I, I mean, I don't, oh, okay. I think they saw two different things. I think, that, I think like Jack and all, or all them that saw the light was seeing right. this beautiful, you know, thing or whatever it was. And then Echo sees this dark side of oh, no, it. Are you talking about Locke's very original sighting of the smoke monster, like way back at the beginning no, of season okay. one? Okay, you're, you're saying smoke monster. See, when I took it for, and maybe I'm wrong here, He was. He, I thought he was suggesting the light that they saw when they turned the key. The, the you know, but you know what I'm talking about when they, they blew up the oh, hatch? Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought that they this whole conversation was about them both getting a good look at the smoke monster. Oh, because see, I, I, was, I was thinking... Um, why would he be referencing the smoke monster, uh, Locke? I don't recall. I really need to look, take a look at that section again. Yeah. Um, let me take a look at that okay. real quick here. What exactly did you see back there? I saw it once, you know. What did you see? I saw a very bright light. It was beautiful. That is not what I saw. Okay. So, yeah, I do think he's talking about the smoke monster. Yeah, listening to it back, I definitely agree that smoke monster, um, <clears throat> that the part that threw me off was the um, the very bright light. Right. And um, I guess looking there, hearing it that way now, um, I would say you know it's still good and evil yeah what and i might to me almost indicates a reflection of the of the, of the condition that the uh-huh. person's in almost like it's some kind of mirror like yeah a, exactly like, yeah okay yeah. i see what you're saying yeah like it's it's when he they look at it it's what this security system or whatever you want to call a scene mm-hmm. but it also brings to front what you you know what's in you yeah you know right. which um, I mean, which should kind of explain why it's a security system sure exactly it's examining the person yeah yeah so yeah it's a, what's interesting to me though is that Locke tells him that he saw it before yeah you know I don't think he's told anybody else that he looked oh wait a minute you see he did I think he did tell um uh, Jack, and then whenever, remember, because oh, yeah. he was trying to go to it that one time. That's right. That I looked into the eye of this island, and what I yeah. saw was, yeah, that's yeah. right. Okay. Yeah, so, but it is very interesting that they saw two totally different things, even though they were looking Definitely. at the same thing physically. Uh-huh. 
But um, you know, Echo looks on the plane, and you know, Yimmy's body is gone. Uh-huh. Um, they get back into the hatch, and you know, Nikki watches the orientation video. Um, the figure. Oh, wait a minute here. Oh, they figure that the other TVs must be connected to other hatches, and try to get them working again. Which to me was like, yeah, uh-huh. you know, if you can see the Swan on one TV, exactly, is a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, I mean, Locke does make it the helmet. Boy, I feel stupid. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm glad he said that because I was uh, when they went in there before. I kind of thought, turn right, on the other yeah. TVs, check the other TVs, right? But they try to get them all working again. And they see a pirate. Yep. <laughs> the pirate. <laughs> they get one of them working, and we see some really old equipment in the background. It yeah. looks kind of like part of the Swan Station. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they see the face of a man with an eye patch who covers up the camera and kind of disables it. Yeah. And, and, uh, which makes me obviously us know that that guy knows that they're monitoring it. Mm-hmm. You know, like there must have been some kind of red light that came on. Right. Like in Jack's cell or whatever uh-huh. uh, but what's weird is we never saw the camera in the uh, swan right but that's one of the ones that was being monitored but yeah we never a, noticed there being a camera yeah. anywhere which right. to me though that 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 means completely two different things one they wanted one person to know they're monitoring another one they didn't want right you know and the swan i don't think they wanted them to know that they're being watched right yeah it is interesting that they never showed us like a shot of a you know jack walking in and noticing there's a camera up in the ceiling exactly because all the other ones are all the other ones are very obvious i guess Uh you know light comes on we're watching you you know and the swan no yeah so the pirate knew to cover it up exactly exactly (laughs) so you know Locke says i guess he'll be expecting us so clearly they're planning to go and find wherever Mm -hmm. the station is definitely so in Jack's cell, you know, Juliet wants him to, to watch a movie, mm-hmm. but it's really a cover so she can pass along her real message, which is, ignore everything I'm saying now. Ben is a liar and he is very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Some of us want a change, um, but it has to look like an accident. Yeah. It has to look like we tried to save him. And that's up to you, Jack. It's a complicated surgery and no one would know. And I would protect you. Yeah. Now tell me to turn off the movie. Yeah. Which is cool. I don't think I've ever seen something like that in anything else. No, that's crazy. Just the whole idea of her covering up what she's doing. Yeah. She's saying the complete opposite. It's so hard to do, like to carry on this fake conversation, like which is completely meaningless, really. And then the video is given the real message. Yeah, exactly. I love that scene. Yeah, it's it's really really good. It makes me scared of Juliet though uh-huh. see a different side of her and I honestly don't know like it almost made me I remember I told you I said I might end up liking Ben yeah it almost made me believe that, that I'm, that's the case like right. there's because I guess I'm so used to things spinning on its head on this show you know yeah. like that it will spin where oh, okay Juliet's crazy mm-hmm. Ben's not you know that type of thing but yeah. up until this point it's pointing to the fact that Ben's insane and he's almost holding these people you know uh-huh. captive as well Right. Uh, which is easy to believe, which makes me not want to believe it. Exactly. You know? It seems too easy <laughs> exactly. for this show. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree. But it is, I mean, it's cool to think that um, there's so much more going on with the others than Definitely. it seems like. This Definitely. isn't just a group of people who are trying to pull the best out of everybody. Right. You know, they, they have their own agendas. They have their own, you know, civilization that they're trying, that they have their own little struggles inside of. Mm-hmm. And clearly they want to get rid of Ben. Yeah, definitely. And something about the way Ben has been kind of running things makes a lot of them unhappy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it'd be cool to learn more about exactly who these others are, what they're mm-hmm. doing, what their mission is, 
that they don't agree with. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, I'm, I'm curious to find that out because there is certain characteristics about Ben I like. Mm-hmm. He's a man of his word. Right. You know, I mean, and he kept, keeps telling him we're not killers. We don't do his moral standards seems extremely high. Right. You know, mm-hmm. which if there's a contrast to that, the other if the other group's contrast is even that, then their moral yeah. level be low. Yeah. And who knows what they'd be capable of? Just mm-hmm. I don't know. Just off the cuff, thinking about those things. Right. So. So in the jungle, you know, Echo sees Yimmy again and follows him into the jungle. Um, he asks why Yimmy wants to hear his confession and then gets a chance to have a face-to-face conversation with him, which we heard at the beginning. Yeah. Basically, Yimmy tries to get him to confess for all of the, the things yeah. he's done throughout his life. And Echo says, I ask for no forgiveness, Father, uh, for I have not sinned. Um, I have only done what I needed to survive. Yeah. And, you know, he's very prideful, very unrepentant, and basically just kind of blames all of the circumstances that have been going on in his life yeah. on the circumstances. Yeah. And, you know, clearly Yimmy is not happy about, about this at all. Fake Yimmy, by the yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. Not Yimmy. Yeah. That's what we'll call him. Yeah. And, you know, you speak to me as if I were your brother. Mm-hmm. The, the guy, not Yimmy, says, you know. And then Freaky. He, yeah. Then he leaves, and Echo is very quickly, you know, dealt with. You know, his judgment by the smoke monster mm-hmm. comes very quickly. Definitely. And uh, of course he's dead. He seems to be dead. Uh-huh. You know, Locke finds him, you know, and uh, he whispers something in Locke's ear and then he's gone. Yeah. What did he say, John? Saeed asks. He said, we're next. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anything from that whole scene. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, first off, the theory that I had early on in the episode about that not being Yimmy was confirmed. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, some freak like judgment thing yeah um basically yimmy wouldn't have held echo accountable for those things he would have agreed yeah he would have even said i'm sorry that i probably put you in that predicament Uh i repent for you know you know for these things and and where i kind of i agree with echo here not Uh that i agree with him killing anybody right but his circumstances it's like you know i'm i'm a I'm a Christian, so what I when you read the Bible talks about people, you know, things being justified, you know. And I'm I'm not I'm a pacifist at heart, you know. Uh But you know, there's certain things that happened for certain reasons, you know. And and it almost seems like that is almost the case, you know. Here it's like he was put in a predicament where this had to happen, or his Uh his brother was going to be killed, or he wouldn't be able to eat and those things. So Uh his meaning for doing those things were never to be this hard criminal. Right, mean guy. He was pushed into those circumstances, right? Um, and it seems like the island, quote unquote, yeah. this thing, saw it obviously differently. Yeah, it says A plus B equals C, and if it doesn't, you're you're a criminal. More yeah. law, almost yeah. law. Uh-huh. You're guilty of a crime. Yeah, it definitely seems like whatever the source of this judgment is mm-hmm. has a different set of criteria. Definitely. I mean, it's almost like, you know, if we look at it from a different perspective, um, Yimmy would not have held Echo as accountable, right. you know, for what he had done, because he would understand and he would have, if anything, he would have excused a lot of those things. Definitely. Um, but it's like, whatever the source of this judgment is, is not as forgiving at yeah, all. Exactly. And, and, and we, you know, we all through this episode, we keep getting these you know, visions showing up to Echo, telling him to confess mm-hmm. over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like, it's giving him this last chance. Yeah. Because, you know, something's going to happen and you need to make sure you've done this, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. 
Yeah, I almost I even thought maybe that the the smuggled monster wouldn't have killed him had he confessed. Right. Like it would It did seem like that. You know, like it was giving him these opportunities, monitoring the whole time, confess, confess, confess. Uh-huh. Okay, you're not. Boom, boom, right. boom. You you're dead, you know. Yep. Yeah, and it's like the entire time, you know, the the not Yimmy says, you know, are you ready to give your confession? Yeah. And it's almost like, yeah, he has the choice of whether or not to, you know, confess those things or die. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I know the situations that were surrounding the the situation here with the actor who mm-hmm. played Echo and why all this stuff happened so abruptly and seemed to come out of nowhere. But I'm, I'm oh, really, really there's reason there. Yeah, I think if I recall, um, the actor was just wasn't real happy with his part in the show. Oh. He felt like it wasn't being addressed much. He was kind of forgotten about most of the time and was ready to do something else. Uh, okay. So they, he was gone out of the show. So meanwhile, he's not working. Yeah. No, just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great move. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it is interesting to think about it from, in terms of the story if this really has implications for the rest of the people on yeah. the island. Or if this is just a like a kind of a custom made scenario for Echo, you know, I it to me a point. I mean, when he even whispered that you're next, it was not you're next to die in my mind. Mm-hmm. It's you're next to have the opportunity to redeem yourself, right? In a sense, you know. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. But I also noted that there's only one person, which is, um, well, whatever his name is, um. Uh, Rose's husband Bernard yeah. that's left from that other group mm-hmm. everybody else is dead yep you know so only one survived from the tailies now that's yeah that's an interesting thing because the <coughs> the only thing different between those two groups was the amount of information that the others had gathered about mm-hmm. them yeah because Ethan never got his list exactly he never got the information he was supposed yep. to get about them yep so that that tells a lot yeah it does um it's definitely like they're they're processing information about these people, yep. and the mm. outcome that those people have is totally dependent upon that information. Exactly. Now, I definitely think we could make the argument that Libby was totally an accident. Yeah, I mean, accident or not, though, I mean, she's yeah. gone. Right. You know, I yep. mean, you can make. I don't know. I mean, it, it almost seems like okay, what's an accident on this island? Yeah. You know, I right. mean, there's like almost no such thing. Yeah. Really. Exactly. <laughs> Well, that's, I mean, the last thing I had, obviously, you know, but the whole, you know, we're next yeah. thing with Locke. Yeah. I mean, I wonder about that technically. Like, did did, you, or did Echo say, you know, you're next? Or were. Or did he say, you like, are. you all are next or something, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. I wonder what he actually specifically said. Yeah. Because he didn't say we're next because he was already dead. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it makes me think of when Locke was pulled through the jungle by the smoke uh-huh. monster. They, he, you could tell, remember we talked about then, he saw two different things. Right. His he response only, was totally different the second time. Yeah, and he only told Echo the one time he uh-huh. saw it, and that was when he saw a good thing, you know. Right, but second the second time, time he didn't see it. Well, th- oh, yeah, yeah he, he did, because he was laying on the ground, and, and it, it came up to him. And it was scary. His yeah. face was scary. So I think he saw the bad thing the second time. Mm-hmm. And it almost looked like he was going to kill him, mm-hmm. but he was able to escape somehow. Right. You know, so yeah, I think there's definitely some more judgment to come down. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> yeah, the just smoke monster will, yeah. will have its terror. This I thing's think. still freaky. I don't care what it is. It's creepy. It is real creepy because it's hard to imagine any 
reasonable explanation of what it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And again, this is another cool thing where we're dealing with stuff about the smoke monster right now in season five. Oh, really? Yeah, it's just awesome. That's all. Yeah, that's great. Anything else from the episode? That's it. Okay, we got a couple emails here. All right. Uh, first, we have an email from Debbie. She says, congratulations on finishing season two. Now on to season three. I don't think it is spoilery to tell Anton that the best thing to happen during season three is that the creators of Lost asked for the network to, uh, for an end date right. and received one. Uh, this, put an end into, or this put an end to filler episodes, but you'll have to get through about half of season three to get to that point. Until then, though, you'll have to suffer through cage matches Nikki and Paulo and Jack's tattoos. But then the, end, the ending of season three is a game changer and season four and so far season five are amazing. Um, she says, question, how much time are you guys spending a week on this project? Watching three episodes plus doing three podcasts has to be tremendously time consuming. So how many hours a week are you working on this? It sure is appreciated. I've heard your voices so much over the past few months. You feel like friends. Thanks for your efforts, Debbie. And she says, P.S. Evan, isn't season five amazing? Uh, yeah, I bet it is. <laughs> Thank you so much, Debbie, for your email. I mean, it is exciting to be in season three, and as we've mentioned several times, um, this uh, there is a rough patch at the beginning of this season, but I don't think Anton's feeling it very no. much. I mean, like we've talked about, the DVDs make it so much easier. Yeah. I mean, if I had to like wait another week, Mm-hmm. probably have a little different you know mindset on it but yeah. it's just me i would get to go to the next one yeah so. and i'm actually enjoying these episodes much more than i did the first time i think a lot of these i've only seen once because i kind of skipped <laughs> them the second time yeah. through yeah and it's really cool to see them again i'm cool. actually really enjoying them as far as the amount of time i mean what you hear is exactly how much time we spend recording yeah. i mean so you know three hours a week or so yeah but then there's also the time you know Watching maybe them. half hour per episode to get the clips together the time for watching the episodes right. so it's really pretty easy to figure yeah. out not a whole lot of time but we're I, having a blast either way yeah exactly <laughs> yeah it's i mean it's one of those things you know it might might be work to somebody but when you you enjoy uh-huh. it so much it just seems like you're you're you know you're oh, doing yeah. something that's that you would rather do <clears throat> regardless you yeah. i make time for this it's not yeah. like i'm yeah. <laughs> going oh i gotta i gotta do the podcast right. or i gotta watch loss i mean yeah. i'm excited about it and i look for any excuse to play around with audio or video stuff or whatever so yeah he's a genius behind yeah. <laughs> that i just get to sit over here and like talking to the microphone and then he puts it together so but we are having a blast that's for definitely sure. And as far as season five, yes, I I could easily see this going down as uh, the best season for the entire show, um, other than probably next season, which will probably be even more amazing. But Debbie, thanks so much for your email. Our next email is from Rob. He says, hey, guys, I'm sure you receive a lot of email, but I just wanted to say that I absolutely love you guys. One of the best lost podcasts. I just started listening to you while Anton was in the middle of the, se- the second season. I believe it has been stellar. Sometimes you really blow me away, dude. I consider myself a guru in all things lost. At least I think so. And almost every single episode you notice things or think of things that I would never have noticed or thought of. Keeps me coming back to your website, hoping for a new episode every couple of days. Anyways, I was, I also enjoyed the second season finales vidcast. It was definitely something different. Please, guys, keep up the amazing work. Evan and Anton, I'll be listening until the end. P.S. Oh, man, I can't wait until Anton gets to the end of this season and then on to the fourth. It's almost like experiencing the show for the first time all over again, but through someone else. Thank you so much, Rob, for your email. 
Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate the, uh, the, when I read that email, I mean, cause that, to me, everything I say is either in my mind, I'm either saying, well, that's either a good thought or absolutely ridiculous thought yeah. because I have no idea. It just, I, it's what I'm feeling and thinking yeah. for the moment. Right. You know, I mean, I, as I watch it, I'm like, well, this makes sense to me, but I could be so far off and I'm, and I'm probably in a lot of stuff, but mm-hmm. I'm trying to watch it just with a, um, try, you know, uh, it's a, it's, it's totally a mystery to me. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out yeah. every little, every little clue mm-hmm. I can. You know? And I think what's so different is that everybody who started watching this show at the beginning, all of their ideas and theories are kind of a combination of their own and things they read along the way. Okay. Yeah. And yours are completely based on the show. That's it. Period. That's it. I don't read and anything. I've, so they're very know. different than the normal okay. things that you hear about the show. All right. Yeah. I didn't, see, I wouldn't even have known that. Yeah. You know, I, so yeah, cause I don't, I don't, um, uh, I've told you guys many times before I don't go out and I don't read anything. Right. I don't look at anything just because I, I have that, this phobia of being, you know, have a yeah. spoiler, you know, <laughs> or something. So, yeah. I mean, it almost is ridiculous. Like I told you, I run at the uh-huh. lost promos on TV. <laughs> I'm, my wife and I are shutting TVs uh, off, yeah. making noise. <laughs> yeah. You know, we go to the gym, we're working out, we look mm-hmm. up, see lost on there. We turn completely around. People think we're crazy. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean it's um, it is awesome to talk about this show with Anton because he has these these totally unspoiled theories and um, it it's totally made me think about things that we already watched and some things we already know the answers to but from a totally different perspective than than I did the first time I watched them. That's crazy. So very awesome stuff there. Thanks so much for that email. And uh, we have one more here from Steve uh, about um, from last episode. I guess it was two episodes ago where we talked about. Um, Locks uh, Smoke Lodge. Yeah. And, yeah. and it was about the faces and the fire comment. <laughs> Coming from, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was Austin's Austin, face, yeah. faces and the fire comment was the subject. And Steve says, you know, after watching the Smoke Lodge scene repeatedly again and again <laughs> in the slowest motion mode, um, then exporting numerous still frames of the fire and inspecting each still in Photoshop, oh my carefully tweaking the brightness and contrast as to reveal any hidden, blurred, or otherwise veiled images, I have come to the conclusion that Austin ate Locke's groovy time <laughs> paste. <laughs> Definitely. I, I, uh, that's that's awful. That I mean, it's great that you <laughs> took the time to do that, uh, yeah. but it's awful that we find out that Austin may be on, on, on uh-huh. Locke's paste. Yeah. You know. He says, thanks, Austin. I need more things from Lost to obsess over when I should be sleeping. Great <laughs> job with the podcast, fellas. I appreciate every episode. Yeah, I, I totally, I thought there was a reason why I didn't remember seeing the faces, but they're totally not there. I think, so Austin, let's look at this probably straight. a smudge on the glasses yeah. or something. Yeah, Austin, let's, you know, let's think about this. I guess he was <laughs> trying to contribute to the, the podcast, so he's like, you know, I'm going to say something that's going to just blow yeah. everybody's mind. You <laughs> know, I don't care. This. I don't care if it's a lie or not. It's, it's happening. <laughs> that's actually a pretty good, uh, uh, I might start doing that. I'll yeah. just start bringing up random stuff. Did you right, guys see right. that fourth leaf on that one tree? <laughs> it had a picture of, you know, the Virgin Mary on yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. The Virgin Mary statue that was carved into the tree. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a fine. Right, where's Waldo episode yeah. now, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. But yeah, sorry about that. I mean, that's, <laughs> Nothing much to say about it. It's just hilarious. It's funny. It is that. funny. I love that email. Well, thanks so much for your emails. If you'd like to email, you can email us at info at lostmysterypodcast.com. And another word on our contest. Uh, we had a couple of different discussions, and we weren't real clear about what we were going to do about it. 
But after a little bit more discussion between the two of us, we've decided to go ahead and go ahead with the contest as planned. And in the future, we'll work more on a contest that uh, tries to get new listeners involved more. We had several people tell us that, you know, hey, I have been watching this show since the beginning, but I don't have the DVDs. And boy, would I love to have Mm -hmm. them. So we're going to do this. And uh, I'm going to break down the rules here again, just like I did before. And we will uh, backdate all previous calls. So I'll, I'll explain that here in a minute. Basically, the idea is that between now and the end of season three, uh, we'll be keeping track of who calls how many times. Whoever the, per- the person is that calls the most in that time period with a valid voicemail. You, know, you can't just say, hey, guys, bye. You yeah, know? yeah, that ain't going to work. But we need a valid you know, question or comment or thought or theory or whatever. Um, we will keep track of all of those calls, and the person with the most at the end will win a DVD set of all four released seasons of Lost, seasons one through four, all on DVD. And just like in our last contest, if you do have all of them, please play along and feel free to donate your you know, your winnings to Anton, who yes. has none of the seasons. Well, I guess he has season one. Yes, that was a gift from you. Yeah. Yes, but, I um, appreciate that. We would love to have you guys get involved with your voicemails, and um, you'll definitely have a reason and incentive to now. So you can call our listener line, if I can get the number here, uh, 765-439-4190, and call anytime you like, and we'll be happy to use your uh, message on the show. Anything else? That's it. Well, oh, I also wanted to announce, definitely, I almost forgot this, our next episode of the VidCast. <clears throat> Let's talk a little bit about the VidCast. Yeah. Our last episode was two hours long. Uh-huh. It had a video that matched in length almost exactly. It was like over a gigabyte in size in total. Yeah. And it was a nightmare to download. Um, so what we're going to do is our next vidcast is going to be over the episode Flashes Before Your Eyes, a Desmond-centric episode. And uh, we will be really purposeful about keeping that episode as short as possible. Uh, worst case scenario, we'll keep the audio long and we'll trim down the video version and uh, make it shorter. Right. And we'll probably use a slightly smaller size so you folks with the iPhone and iPod Nano and all that stuff will be able to transfer it with no problem. But that will be coming up, um, I think, actually a week from today, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. Right. Yeah. And um, we'll see what we can do to make this one much smoother and easier for you guys to, to watch at your leisure. Well, if that's it, I think we'll end up the episode. All right. On Friday, we'll be discussing I Do, a Kate-centric episode. And until then... We hope you all have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. New episodes are released every Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday morning at 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. In the meantime, if you haven't already, you can sign up and become part of our community at lostmysterypodcast.com. Email us your questions or comments to info at lostmysterypodcast.com. And please call our listener line at 765 435-4190 with your name, where you're calling from, and also let us know whether or not you'd like your comments to be used on an upcoming episode.